What's going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We're coming at you with another podcast. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, everyone? So today starts like the fantasy talk. You know what I mean? We've been talking fantasy, but it's basically just been teams, every player, all that kind of stuff. So um, now we get into position by position. We're going to break down maybe some tiers of the quarterback position. Uh, we'll go through the ranks, our, our quarterback ranks for the season. Um, you know, good stuff to get into as we uh, start to head into draft season. I know Steve and I, our draft in our league is about three weeks away. So, you know, we're kind of excited about that league. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll start it off with some news before we get into it. Um I don't didn't really see much today to really get into. Uh, DJ Chark had surgery on his finger. Uh, they expect him to be back by week one, but um, you know this could be an issue for a quarterback that is now you know trying to develop chemistry with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So maybe this moves up Lavisca Chenault, moves up Marvin Jones, and drops Chark a little bit. Yeah, I already had. I already had Chark above him, um, you know, on my draft board. I know a lot of people have Chark, you know, uh, LaVisca Chanel, I said, I said Chark. Mm-hmm. I had LaVisca Chanel uh, already ahead of him uh, on my draft board just because I think he's the more dynamic player. Uh, you know, we've heard good news coming out of camp, you know, with LaVisca. They're, you know, saying how, how great he's been in camp and how he's catching everything and he seems to be really in sync. Um, you know, it, it's basically a situation where, I think it really hurts Chark that he's not there, especially because if you look at kind of what Marvin Jones has done in his career, he has really taken advantage of guys when they're hurt. Like when they get hurt, Marvin Jones seems to shine when when guys go down. Look at him last year when Kenny Galladay was hurt. I think he was a top 24 receiver last year. So exactly. And and he's done it, you know, he's done it numerous times in in Mm -hmm. different places that he's been, you know, AJ Green goes down when he's with the Bengals and, and he Marvin Jones goes off. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just a situation where Marvin Jones is going to move up my board a little bit, uh, you know, after this news and LaVisca Chanel, I'm already high on because, you know, me and you talked about him last year. And I think we both agreed that he was the most dynamic player uh, in the aspect of after the catch, catching the ball, you know, just, he, you know, he dude looks like a running back catching the football. So, does. so you know, he, he's a big dude. He's, he's fast. He's, he's shifty. He, he does everything that you want in the interme- intermediate game. If he develops the long ball, he could be real dangerous. I'm really liking, uh, you know, what I'm hearing out of Jaguars camp from, you know, LaVisca Chenault. So I'm, I'm excited about LaVisca. So, you know, it, it's – Chark is still going to be a guy that gets drafted because of the name. But, you know, I, I think we need to – we need to hone it down a little bit on on where he – you know, because I think he's going, what, the – I think it's eighth he round? He was like the seventh, seventh, yeah. seventh eighth round. Yeah. Um, he'll probably drop now yeah. uh, while Chenault moves up. I mean, Chenault's basically been like a ten, ninth or tenth round guy. Mm-hmm. So – you know, he'll like I said, he'll, Chenault will probably they might wind up evening out, and Chenault may hop ahead of him in ADP once this is all said and done. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And you know, I, if we're talking about the most targeted guy on the team, I think you know Lavisca has has a 
a case to be made that he might be the most targeted guy on this team. For sure. All right, so I'll get into a few things. Dak Prescott cleared for light throwing, so that's good news out of Cowboys camp. Um, Hold on, real quick. So how does it make you nervous that he had this shoulder injury and now he's kind of not – like, so he missed basically – 11 games last year, right? He got hurt mm-hmm. in week six. So he missed 11 games last year. You know, I'm not going to count that week six game because, you know, he basically got hurt in the first quarter. So, you know, I, I don't think I can count that one. So he's basically had 11 games of no playing at all. I mean, he's had numerous surgeries on that ankle because, you know, the first surgery went well. Then they said they need to clean up some stuff, went back in you know, did whatever they did. Yeah, I think it was three total surgeries that he had on that ankle to get it. You know, that was career threatening for one. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we are expecting a huge jump from CD lamb this year and his quarterback's not there to throw to him. Like he, you know, I know they had a little bit of a rapport, but when you miss all that time from the year prior and now you're missing time in the beginning of this year, you know, the timing and chemistry might be off a little bit. So Dak is moving down my board a little bit. I, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't know. We're, we're going to talk about it when we get into the, our ranks, but I, I think Dak is moving down a little bit. Yeah, I may drop him one spot. I have him ahead of Lamar right now, but like you said, we'll get into it when uh, when we start to talk about the quarterback position a little bit because that's what we're going to do on today's podcast. Um, so I'll go through it some other tidbits so rookie tight end Hunter Long from Miami was carted off yesterday with a right leg injury. Yeah. Um, I don't know how useful that'll be for fantasy, but uh, Damian Harris has led the running backs in all periods. That's good news. Uh, yep. If you, you know, that's what you want to hear. I mean, the Patriots running back system is never really a good system to draft from, but Damian Harris to me looks like the best running back that they've actually been able to count on for a while so um get good news out there um terrence marshall is is a you know a buzz candidate coming out of panthers camp he's looked very good they've been putting him in the slot a lot um you know matt rule said they are trying to force feed him and bring him along as fast as they can so that's good you know good to hear that they're trying to get him out there and make sure he's ready for the beginning of the season he could be a late round sleeper yeah, he's he's been a guy that I've been mocking a lot. Like I've been getting, yeah, I mean, you remember in our, Marshall, in our like, yeah. I, I like Marshall at the end of the draft because I, you know, I know that system has not produced a ten touchdown wide receiver, but I like the way he works in the red zone. And I think if there's any guy that they're going to be super targeting in the red zone, it could be him. So I, yeah. I, you know, I like I like his upside. He's definitely a big body down there, and they, you know, mm-hmm. Robbie's. Robbie is tall but thin, yeah. and then you have you know DJ who's a little guy. Yeah. You know I don't you know, little guy. You know, I don't want to embarrass him like that. But he's kind of a little guy. <laughs> you know big, what I mean? McCaffrey wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, McCaffrey. I'm sure they want to you know try to limit his wear and tear on the goal line and banging around and stuff. So Marshall could wind up being a a, a big target guy down there. Uh, Deshaun Watson was in pads for today's practice. Did you hear anything about how much he practiced or if he was working as a quarterback? They had him working as a, as a DB last week and stuff. I mean, yeah. I, who knows what the hell's going on with this situation, but 
Yeah, I uh, I was looking at so I have you know I we all have our apps that we look at and get our news from and Fantasy Life app is one of them. But the one that I mainly use for like articles that I read the articles, uh, I uh-huh. I do read a lot. So um, the Score is a is a really good one if you guys don't have you know those certain apps that you're looking for. The Score is a really good one. They always write articles and they're you know they're like five minute reads you know no more than that. But the articles get kind of in depth and and basically what it was saying was that. You know, Deshaun, they don't know how serious the injury is because they're not really saying anything. Um, you know, they basically have been playing him with basically like bench player. He's been playing safety for mm-hmm. for the scout team. So, you know, yep. I mean, they were trying to keep him healthy and, you know, he got banged up a little bit. But, you know, it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything serious or anything that's going to be, you know, affecting his practice play if he does get traded to a team or anything like that. So, and I mean... I I think it's just him trying to uh, stay off if the field are, as much as possible. If they are unable to trade him, are they going to play him at quarterback? I don't think they can. No. I, I, I okay. Like, so this is kind of the scenario that I'm thinking happens. I think he does get traded before week one um, because the main reason is I think he needs to get into a playbook on another team. Another team's not going to want to bring him into week, you know, after week one, and then he's learning a whole new offense on the fly. I, I don't think that's a situation that any team wants. I think teams are waiting to hear something uh, from Roger Goodell saying, you know, whether he's going to be suspended or, you know, held on the exempt list or whatever the case may be. So I think that's the situation right now. But, you know, if we do hear anything, you know, from Goodell, then, I, then we're really going to have to, you know, figure it out at that point, I think. I 100% agree with you. I think that, like, if he's getting traded, it needs to happen quickly because they're going to, he's got to get into some sort of playbook. He's got to get into a situation where, you know, he starts learning another team's offense. You don't want him out there with a whole bunch of new receivers, little knowledge of the playbook. Like, you know, I mean, you could trade, maybe Denver is, it would be a good option, obviously. Um, if they were to trade for him, you know, you can maybe start Drew Locke if he's not part of the trade. I doubt the Texans would want Drew Locke back. I mean, maybe they do, but maybe you're able to start Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater for a couple games and then, you know, roll with Deshaun once he's ready to go. Uh, but Philly, I would assume, would have to include Jalen Hurts in the deal. Um, you know, Miami would include Tua in the deal. And those teams would probably have to get, I mean, I doubt the Eagles want to start Joe Flacco. I, I, Miami could start Jacoby Brissett, I, I guess, but mostly if you're going to trade for a $100 million quarterback, you're, one, you're going to want him to play, and if he's going to play, he's going to have to be in the playbook and know yeah. what he's doing. So, you know, I agree with you 100%. I think that if this is going to happen, it needs to happen soon. Yep. Um, so Bengals camp, Jamar Chase is not showing as much separation as hoped. That's one little tidbit um a lot of the good news i don't really always pay attention to but i do pay attention to the bad news yeah this does worry me a little bit about jamar chase and i mean i we've talked about it i mean you know when we did the Bengals, and i was saying like i think tyler boyd is the best value on this team you brought up t higgins you think t higgins is going to be the best value either way Jamar Chase is the first wide receiver of this team being drafted and him not creating separation could wind up being a problem. Uh, Despite the fact that Joe Burrow and him work so well together in LSU, 
if he's got other options to throw to, Jamar Chase may not have the rookie season that everybody's expecting. Yeah, and like, okay, so you have to take into account the dude hasn't played football in like a full calendar year, right? Mm-hmm. So for anybody to expect him to come in and be as good electrifying as he was with Joe Burrow in 2019, I think is kind of kidding themselves. I, I, I you know, I don't. Football is not a game that you can take off a year and be ex- as explosive as you were prior to an injury or prior to whatever the case may be. We saw it. We've seen it so many times in the NFL. We've seen it with Le'Veon Bell. He took that yep. year off, dropped off to shit. We saw it with AJ Green. He took that year off, dropped off to shit. He was injured, obviously, but he took a whole year off, came in and came back last year healthy, you know, well, somewhat healthy and completely dropped off the face of the earth. Like, which honestly shows the type of player that Antonio Brown is yeah, <laughs> because yep. he, he took a long, he didn't play for, he, he what, it was out all last year except yeah. one game with new England. Yep. Well, and he looked pretty, he looked pretty good when he came back with, with Tampa. Well, the thing about Antonio Brown, and I've said this a million times about Antonio Brown as much, you, you could love him, hate him. However you want to feel about Antonio Brown is, is completely on you. But the one thing you can never, nobody can ever, 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 ever say about Antonio Brown is that guy don't fucking work. That guy yeah. is a workout warrior. That fucking guy yeah. trains year round. He is in the gym. He's running routes. He's doing everything he does in the regular season on his off season. Like Antonio Brown, you ask any wide receiver. Randy Moss was on. Uh, he does CB. Uh, was it C? Is it CBS? He does. He's a announce. He's a uh, commentator for CBS. He, he was on ESPN. I don't was know. It if ESPN. He's on. CBS. He's, on no. he's on one of them, and I, it might be ESPN. But he he was talking about Antonio Brown and how you know Anton AB was coming back and blah, blah blah blah. And they were saying how you know might he might start off slow and he and and Randy Moss said it best. Randy Moss was like, he's not going to start off slow. <laughs> he's like this guy doesn't yeah. doesn't have a a uh, you know a slow start in anything because the dude is just working. He's like guys like Antonio Brown that work, 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 just end up being good no matter how much time they have off because they just work themselves into shape. If you're never out of shape, then you don't have to mm-hmm. work yourself into shape, right? Like because the yep. dude just works all the time. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, the situation is there. I don't know if Chase is a workout warrior the same way Antonio Brown is or, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that almost anybody is that kind. You know, James Harrison yeah. is that kind of guy. Like James yeah. Harrison, even now. Like, you know what I mean? That's why James He could Harrison, probably come back into the NFL and dominate right, right now, now, bro. That dude is a <laughs> beast. You know what I mean? But guys that are like that, that's just built into them. That's why Ray Lewis was so good for so long. You talk to people Derek about Derrick Henry. You see these guys, you see these like, guys. you see them constantly. And there was yeah. a reason reason why these guys are at the top of the NFL because they will outwork you not only are they talented and they have all the talent in the world but they will outwork the shit out of you so it is what it is we're gonna have to see what Chase is um you know like you said I think the other two guys are big values and I think T Higgins is in for a big season this year and that's why I have him as, as my favorite value on that team I just think he's I think he's the real deal I think he showed it last year and if Gerald Burrow you know, is fully healthy and, you know, looks like the Joe Burrow of last year, I think T. Higgins could have a huge season. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was top 15. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. All right, so uh, Antonio Gibson is being was used in the hurry-up offense over the weekend. Oh, I like That's that. That's good. That's great to hear because 
That means his catches could go up. This guy was a receiver in college, so it's not like he can't catch the ball. J.D. McKissick was just so awesome when he got his opportunities last year. The only issue is, is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to actually throw the ball to the running back? Yeah. Um, not really, you know, the the biggest weapon for Ryan Fitzpatrick over his career. We are definitely going to get into Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's one of my – He's one of my guys. We're going to do our top 12, and then after we do our top 12, we're going to talk about sleeper quarterbacks, and he's one of mine. So this is big. Uh, Saquon actually started practicing today. Um, uh, Joe Judge said that in theory, theoretically, he could play in the preseason. So what that tells me is that the whole he's not going to be ready for week one is all bullshit. I think he's going to be ready to go. I think that, you know, maybe they take it easy for the first few weeks and then rev him up starting in week three, week four. But, yeah, he the fact that he could play, quote-unquote, theoretically play in the preseason means he'll be ready for Like, we're talking another month. If he ain't, you know, he'll be ready. But he'll ready to, he'll, he will be ready to go uh, by week one, in my opinion. He's fucking ready now, bro. He's yep. ready now. I don't care what they say. I mean, Saquon's the same thing. You talk to yeah. guys that work out with Saquon in the offseason, they all say, Saquon's a fucking beast. That dude just... Look at his look at the fucking, look at his legs. Dude's got pretty <laughs> strong for legs. My man don't ever stop working out. Yep. Um, and the last piece of news, uh, which is very, you know, very relevant to uh, some stuff that I've been saying on this player, is uh, DeAndre Swift has been missing significant practice time with a groin injury. Um, definitely not something I wanted to hear about. You guys know that I've been extremely high on DeAndre Swift uh, this year. Um, I don't like to hear with a new system that he's missing time um, this early, uh, especially with a groin. You don't, you know, these soft tissue injuries, you definitely don't want to hear those this early. Um, you know, I, it could eventually cause me to start lowering DeAndre Swift in my rankings. Um, at the same time, I... You know, this could be a big thing for Joe for Jamal Williams. You know, it could wind up leading to Jamal Williams seeing a little bit of work early in the season while they get, you know, while they get Swift healthy. And we already talked about this being kind of a, a, a committee backfield or like a dual backfield where both of these guys touch the ball somewhere between 180 and 220 times. If that winds up being the case, you know, the early season, what work could wind up going to Jamal Williams while Swift gets a little bit healthy. So this is definitely something you're going to want to pay attention to. Um, you know, if you're, if you have been high on Swift or have any kind of intention on drafting Swift. I agree. I think this is a situation where everybody starts needs to start paying attention to what's going on because the last thing you want to do is spend a middle of the third round draft pick on a guy that, <laughs> He's not, you know, really seeing a whole lot of reps in the offseason. And groin injuries, there's three injuries that I fucking cannot stand that any running back gets that I'm just like, yeah, I dropped them a lot. Groins, hamstrings, and anything having to do with their ankles or feet. Ankles or feet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just just stay away from those guys. Like, whenever I hear those three injuries, because they nag you all fucking year long. All mm-hmm. fucking year long, they come back and nag and nag and nag. And, you know, you might miss two games here, and then, you know what I mean, you play for four games, and then you're out again for another game or two. Or you leave in the middle of a game because, you're, you're you know, you aggravate the, the groin injury. Like, they're fucking, they're annoying, nagging injuries. And I just try to avoid 
especially in the preseason. When I hear this shit coming out of the preseason, anything groin, hamstring, or, or ankle, you know, I, I just I try to stay away from those guys, period. Yep. All right, guys, so now we are going to get into a quarterback. So basically we're, what we're going to do is kind of tear them out uh, through our top 12. Um, and then we're going to go into, you know, sleepers, um, you know, outside of our top 12 that you can get in the later rounds that, you know, could wind up, you know, possibly breaking out, possibly just being safe for your fantasy season. There's a lot of those guys uh, in the, you know, 13 to 30 range. So I'm going to start it off and say that Patrick Mahomes for me is in his own tier to start. Would you agree? Yep, I agree. Okay, nothing nothing more we need to add on that. I mean, no. It, where – so, like, all right, we've talked about – we just got done doing the Chiefs. I did it myself. I talked about where I would feel comfortable drafting Mahomes. I said middle of the third round I would start to look at him. Um, he's basically going middle of the second in league drafts where you have less experienced guys that are just – you know, not really listening to podcasts, not really listening to info, you're going to get Mahomes in the first round, no doubt. Yep. So more than waiting for him in the third round, I'm not going to get him. Um, where would you feel comfortable first taking Patrick Mahomes? Um, I oh, See, it's tough because I would probably take him towards the end of the second round. Uh he, but he never goes there in, in any of your home leagues. He just doesn't go there. And the reason is I feel like after the big five wide receivers and after the top 14 or 15 running backs, you know, two, two, you know, one or two tight ends come off the board. I would say plus you got Kelsey. So maybe, maybe Waller, maybe Kittle, mm, but see, yeah. I, and I wouldn't take him above Kittle. I would take, I, I wouldn't take him behind Kittle. I would take him before I take, take Kittle. So I probably got him in that 20, 21, 22 range if I can get him there. Um, it, 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 to me, it's just – okay, so this is the thing. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, he may not finish number one every year, right? But he's a guaranteed top three as long as he's healthy. He's, like, guaranteed, right? Some people are going to take him in the first. To me, if you take a quarterback in the first round, he has to be the number one quarterback. And not only does he have to be the number one quarterback, he's got to outscore the number two guy by at least three fantasy points a game, per game. Right? And if there's any guy that you've seen on a consistent basis do it, you've seen Patrick Mahomes do it. Right? Yeah. So the one thing that I would say is, so Patrick Mahomes, if you look at his, you know, basically three seasons in the league being the starter, right? His first season, he had an 8.9% fantasy, you know, touchdown rate, right? He was throwing every, basically, almost nine passes he was throwing a touchdown. Then the next year, dropped down to five point something. I think it was like 5.5 or something like that. And then the year after that, it's like 6.3, right? If he, like, he could bounce back and get into that 7, 8 range. And if he does that, he's going to be in the high 40s in passing touchdowns. And he's basically a lock to get you three to five rushing touchdowns per year because it's kind of just the way he works, right? So if he gets into that 45, 48 range with three to five rushing touchdowns, he's going to be the number one quarterback. And, I mean, his schedule is – he's the 21th – he's the 21st ranked 
strength of schedule this year. So it's not like he's like middle of the pack. And last year he was like basically bottom of the pack because, you know, they had gone to the Super Bowl the year before and won. So they give his schedule eases up a little bit in the passing game. I think, you know, with the easing up of the schedule a little bit, I think he could get into that, you know, 48 range of touchdowns. And that, you know, to me, that's awesome. And you're, you're he's almost a lock for 40. So that's the way I look at it. All right. So moving on to the next tier, um, I would have Kyler and Josh Allen in a tier alone personally. Um, Kyler is my number two. Josh Allen is my number three. I think on any given day, those two can be flip-flopped. So I don't I don't think there's much, you know, I don't really think there's much difference between Kyler and Josh Allen, mainly because they're very much similar in what they do, they don't really have running game, good running games to depend on. They both run for a significant amount of touchdowns compared to other quarterbacks. Um, you know, if anything, Josh Allen is going to throw the ball for more, you know, just his, his passing is going to be better. Um, this year I have Allen regressing a little bit because I don't know if he hits the 40 touchdown mark. Uh, the way he did last year. And I think Kyler should get a little bit better last year. Just hearing from what we have from AJ green, knowing Deandre Hopkins is coming back, drafting Rondell Moore, um, you know, still having Christian Kirk there. This is kind of what, um, uh, what's the coach? Um, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. He wants four wide receivers out there. They have a very good foursome with those four guys. Um, you know, this wasn't the case in the past four in the past couple years under Kingsbury. So um, I expect a little bit of a jump from Kyler and a little bit of regression from Josh Allen, which is why I have Kyler too. But like I said, any given day you can flip flop, and you know those two are in the tier by themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, my second tier is Josh Allen and Lamar ja- Lamar Jackson. Um, I agree with you with Kyler. I think Kyler could have a very good passing season. My biggest issue with Kyler is that he has not been a very good passer. Like, I like his weapons. I think he has weapons. And if A.J. Green becomes A.J. Green of old, 80% of A.J. Green of old, then I'm going to be dead wrong on this. But I just don't know if A.J. Green still has it. Lamar, I mean Lamar, Christian Kirk, you know, to me he hasn't proved anything in the NFL. He needs to do something for me to even be like, okay, this guy is a, you know, startable fantasy option, period. I agree with that, but... I would say he's been going up against a lot of number two cornerbacks. I don't think he's going to get that move if he were to transition into the slot. And also the same thing could have been said about Josh Allen prior to last year, that he wasn't the greatest passer. A lot of his, his, you know, a lot of his fantasy production was from his running. So, you know, same thing. I I like, I just expect a little bit of boost from Kyler. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the other thing with Kyler. Like, so Kyler actually said it out of his own mouth that, he doesn't want to run as much as he did last year. He's going to this year. He's, you know, he said it, the, we brought in the weapons, you know, so that I don't have to run as much that way I can stay healthy all year. Basically, you know, was the gist of what he was saying. And if he, I don't think it's going to be a huge drop. Like don't get, don't misconstrue what I'm saying and start, you know, being like, Oh, he's not going to run. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. He's going to run. The dude is an athletic freak. Like we've seen Kyler when he gets in the open field, the fucking guy is, he, he runs a four, three, like he is out when he hits the open field. He's like mighty mouse. His legs move so fast he's when retarded. he's running. Dude. It don't even make sense. So, 
you know, I, I think he is definitely going to run. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is if he is closer to the 500 yard range, right. And he doesn't score. He had 11 rushing touchdowns last year. I believe uh, I could be wrong. He might've had more or less. I think it was somewhere around 11. Right. But if he drops that number to, let's say seven, eight, and the passing numbers don't go up a whole lot and the rushing goes down a little bit, uh, you know, it just makes me a little bit nervous, which is why I have Kyler in that next tier. But uh, for me, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson are in that tier two for me. Um, you know, Josh Allen, I just don't see the regression that a lot of people are saying. A lot of people saying he's going to regress. The thing about, you know, the thing about Allen is he could be, you know, like he's only was like a 5% you know, touchdown per pass. Like he basically 5% of his passes went for touchdowns last year. If that gets up to seven or eight, I don't care about his. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how he goes less than seven rushing touchdowns. Cause he's basically been eight to 10 every single year of his career. And I don't see that dropping drastically to five or four. That's because that's not his game. Like a lot of his people say, Oh, they designed so many runs for him. I've heard so many analysts say this and it pisses me off. Cause it's, it's not true. They, they, no, they don't design yeah, runs for they him. They design oh, so he- many runs. Like I, I, I've heard this a million times and it bothers me when they say it, because I feel like you obviously didn't watch the tape because he, there, don't get me wrong. There are designed runs for him when they're cl- when they're like in the three yards or closer. But a lot of his rushing touchdowns are like from eleven yards out, and it's because he looks down the field, he doesn't see anybody. Looks to the other side of the field, doesn't see anybody, and he sees an opening, he takes off. You know what I mean? Like that's that's his game. I bet you five, maybe six of his touchdowns last year were him just ad libbing and fucking getting to to the open field and scoring touchdowns. Like it's just what he's great at. So I don't see his rushing numbers going a whole down a whole lot. He probably stays right around again, a hundred rushes and you know what I mean? Seven, maybe six touchdowns. So, and if his passing touchdowns go up, then he's going to be awesome. So I don't see the regression that a lot of people are saying. And Lamar Jackson to me is, I think he's a chance to be the number one guy. Like the one thing that you can't say about Lamar, like, is that he is not a touchdown scorer, right? The dude, he he scores on in a, it's like eight percent basically average throughout his career. Eight percent of his throws go for touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like he's just fucking. He's Russell Wilson efficient when it comes to touchdowns. Like the dude scores a lot of fucking touchdowns. So if Lamar Jackson gets with the weapons that he has now, because I mean, he's not throwing a Willie Sneed anymore and he's not throwing a fucking miles Boykin anymore. Like he's actually got some fucking receivers. So, so if his efficiency goes up this year, right. And he gets to like mm-hmm. 9% or something close to that. He's going to be awesome. He's going to be really good. And his rushing people are saying, Oh, his, he's not going to run for a thousand yards. I don't give a shit if he runs for a thousand yards. Cause if the fucking guy runs for 800, he's going to lead the league again. You know what I mean? Like yep. he's going to lead the league in rushing for a quarterback position. So I think he's as safe as they come. And I think he has number one upside. So he's in my second tier. I mean, I wouldn't go as far to say he's as safe as they come because he finished 10th last year. So he had a terrible start to the season. He was really, really bad. He did. Um, but, you know, he's also could start that way this year with, you know, due to COVID. Two of his receivers are new, so he does still have to get acclimated with them. We don't know if COVID's going to play any kind of part. If you, I mean, anybody who had Cam Newton last year, if you think COVID didn't play a part with Cam, you're crazy because my man was actually good until he got caught COVID. Um, but yeah, that would be my only thing with Lamar is just. 
I, I do agree because we love we both love Rashad Bateman. Sammy Watkins has apparently been his his, his better half, mm-hmm. <laughs> the better half, the better half of his dual personality um, at camp. But we're gonna have to see how this all translates on the field. And Marquise Brown has been hurt, so yep. um, you know. So, but uh, moving on to the next tier. Um, I have three. So I have Russell Wilson at four. I have Dak at five and I have Lamar at six. Um, like I said, we, we got into a little bit. Um, Dak and Lamar might get switched for me because of the shoulder. Um, that's a little bit more concerning than what Lamar's dealing with. I feel like, uh, cause Lamar has a little bit more time to get over COVID get over, you know, get, get a little chemistry with his receivers. Whereas Dak, if he, this shoulder thing extends at all, like this is how you throw the football. So yeah, I think I'll wind, will wind up moving Dak down a spot, but, um, those are my three in the next tier. And I, I, so my thing is this, I think out of these six quarterbacks, I feel like any one of them could wind up being the number one quarterback. Yep. Which is why I do not draft Patrick Mahomes where I draft him, because even last year, Mahomes was the number four quarterback in fantasy. So if you're taking a guy, like you said, you're taking Patrick Mahomes in the first or second round, he almost has to finish as the number one quarterback. And more times than not, he's not, I don't want to say he's not going to do that. He's the most talented quarterback. He definitely can do it. But you're going to have other guys that are going to be able to compete with him. Like I said, you have six guys that can finish number one, in my personal opinion. And you know, if I can get Russell Wilson, who is my number four quarterback, and he can go into the sixth or seventh round at times, I'm much. I love that a lot more than drafting Mahomes in the second. Mm, yep, I agree with that. My third tier actually has two quarterbacks in it: has Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Uh, we already talked about Kyler, so I don't need to get into Kyler. But uh, I think Russ is in for a big season. Uh, you know what I mean? I know we said this last year, and he, he started off ridiculous. Right. Um, I think what happened last year, which a lot of people, you know, don't realize is the offense was really fucking predictable. Like there's no yeah. other way to say it. It was so predictable. Like everybody knew what they were doing. Like they were literally it was completely. It lacked a ton of creativity. Yes, it really did. And, you know, when you have a situation where, you know, teams basically when they got into that Buffalo game. Right. And a lot of people don't don't realize it. But in that Buffalo game and we watch all the film, we, you know, I mean, I'm a huge Bills fan, so I watch every Bills game. But what Buffalo did, if you watch that game, they played too high safety. They played a four, a, a zone four, a cover four. Basically, they took four zones in the field. So, you know, left left side, outside, two zones in the middle. Right. They played too high safety. They have Jordan Poirier and and uh, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank. What's his name? Uh, Micah Hyde, right? So they played basically too high safety. They played a four zone where they basically just tried to keep everything in front of them. DK ended up catching a long bomb, you know, in the end of that game, like I want to say late in the third quarter or whatever. But everything else other than that, they basically kept in front of them. They just tackled. And then teams watched what Buffalo did and said, that's exactly how we're going to play them. We are going to play them, you know, too high safety, just make sure we keep them in front of us. And we saw what happened to DK after that. Like it, it became a, it was, it was basically the tale of two, two, you know, 
tale of two halves. It was basically the first half of the season. They were killing everybody because teams were just kind of trying to play man on them or trying to, you know, just maybe play double up uh, DK. And basically when they were doing that, they were, you know, Tyler Lockett was going off in some of those games. And then they basically teams just said, you know what? You know, it worked for the Bills. We're just going to play it the same. And mm-hmm. it just completely changed the whole season for the Seahawks. And they couldn't adjust. It, they had a really tough time adjusting. I think this year it's going to be a completely different story. I mean, like, we're, we're talking about, like, listen to some of these fucking numbers from Russell Wilson, right? And, and I'm going to sh- tell you after the Buffalo game what happened, right? And I told you what happened after the Buffalo game. So in the week one, 30, 31.8 points, 34.4 points, 34.8 points, 21.9 points, 25.5 points, twenty or 32.9 points, 28.7 fantasy points, uh, 24.1 fantasy points against the Bills, right? And the Bills basically, and if you remember, he threw a lot of those yards in the second half because the Bills were kind of dominating that game in the beginning of uh, you know the first half of that game. And then he started throwing some long bombs and he got, you know, he had some lucky stuff go on, going on. After that, they played L.A. He scored 11.9 fantasy points, 10 or 20.1 fantasy points, 14 fantasy points, uh, 16 fantasy points, 23.1 fantasy points, 13 fantasy points, 19 fantasy points, 18 fantasy points. Like it literally was his first half looked like an MVP season. And then his second half, they all the teams just said, you know what, playing too high safety against this dude and we're not going to let them beat us deep. And that's what happened. It just screwed them bad. So I think Russell Wilson, you know, this year with a new offense, trying to get the underneath game going a lot more. They're going to do a lot of more play action and, think, you know, a lot more things to get Russell Wilson out of the pocket and moving around and getting him all the stuff that makes Russell Wilson Russell Wilson and makes him the great quarterback that he is, I think is what's going to end up happening this year. And, and I, you know, last year he had 558 attempts. He was number seven in the league in that, in that you know, attempts category. I wouldn't surprise me this year if he's closer to 600 with the extra game. And if he does that, he's, to me, he has, he has a lot of upside. So I love Russell Wilson in that third tier. Yeah, I think he's. I think he has. Like I said, I think he has number one quarterback upside. I have him in number four. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot, a little bit more, a lot more this year. They've been talking about getting the ball out of his hands quicker. We love hearing that because it'll keep him healthy and it allow DK Metcalf um, and Tyler Lockett to make plays without having to wait to get down the field where it you know kind of was easy for teams to uh, plan for them last year if you're just waiting for guys to go straight down the field I mean it eventually gets very easy to telegraph what that team is going to do they also started running the ball a little bit more in the second half which didn't really play to play out well to the team's strength because you know they were I think they started six and oh and then you know wound up not really playing very well once or not really winning games once they you know once this whole offensive change happened and teams started to figure them out but you know i do a little more creative i do think they're going to find ways to get these guys the ball earlier and allow them to make the play and not really put it on rust despite him having maybe the best deep ball ever you know they're not going to you know put it all on his hands to um just you know, launch 40 and 50 yard bombs every game to DK Metcalf and pray that, you know, it works. I agree. All right. So, um, my next tier, it has four guys in it. Um, so number seven, I have Justin Herbert. Number eight, I have Tom Brady. Number nine, I have Aaron Rodgers. And number 10, I have Ryan Tannehill. 
Um, basically, in this tier, I am looking for, and I, a lot of times I wind up with Brady uh, because you know either Brady or Tannehill because <sighs> Herbert goes a little early earlier than either I want to take a quarterback or then I'm looking for guys in this tier. So like in this tier, I'm looking eight round eight, eight or not round eight or nine. And you know, when I've been doing mock drafts and Rogers and Herbert are typically round six, round seven guys. So I don't really wind up getting Herbert and, and or Rogers. So I wind up getting Brady or Tannehill. Brady's the guy I want more than Tannehill. If you look at Brady for, on the end of last year, he just finished, you know, phenomenally. I think we, I talked about it ever one, after his first game with Antonio Brown. Every game after that, he threw for 300 yards and you know at least two touchdowns. I, I think maybe three, but he was just phenomenal. And and going into his second year with Bruce Arians' offense, knowing this, knowing you know the system a little better, and having those three weapons there for a full season, I just think Tom Brady could be one of the best values in this draft. Yep, I so my next tier. Uh, actually also has four guys in it. Uh, that tier is Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Dak Prescott, and Justin Herbert also. Uh, well, obviously I have Dak Prescott at eight. Um, so looking at it for me, I'll talk. I'll get into Dak, but I'll, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill. So I have them back-to-back set, or six and seven. Um, I love Ryan Tannehill this year. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at – just. Just looking at the weapons that he has now, right, Julio, right? I've, I just think that's a huge upgrade to anything he's ever had since he started in Tennessee. And if you look at fantasy points per game since he's been the starter in Tennessee, he's been the number three fantasy quarterback over that span. Like since average points over the job. He's mm-hmm. been awesome. He's been awesome, right? So now he's getting that weapon. And I love the way this dude's schedule starts. Like – he starts with the Falcons. Julio is going to feast. Julio, his first. He does oh, no, not I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cardinals. Cardinals. I'm sorry. Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay. Julio is going to feast on the Cardinals. He's going to feast on the Seahawks. His, his week two. And then he's got the Colts who are just. Let's, let's, be, let's face it. The Colts are reeling right now. You know what I mean? Like they are losing players like. Like the plague is going around that team. Losing on offense, and I think if anything, that may cause the defense to have a little chip yes. on their shoulder in the beginning of the year. But still, I mean, nobody's stopping Julio and A.J. Brown no. one-on-one. So. No. And that's the thing. Like, the Colts were a good defense because the offense – okay, so they're a good defense because they have good players, obviously. But I think they were a better defense last year than – anything because Philip Rivers really didn't turn the ball over last year. Like he very limited his turnovers. They ran the ball extremely well. I mean, like they lost two offensive linemen so far. They lost their starting quarterback. Like I think this team is going to struggle, especially in the beginning of the season to win games and stay competitive, you know, early in games. Right. I, I could agree except they play two of their first four games are against Jacksonville and Houston. Oh yeah. Well, I still I'm think just, they can win those games. Oh so. yeah. I do think they can win yeah. those games. I think they can go two and two before they get Carson back. If he comes back week five or week yeah. six, you know what I mean? If he comes back somewhere five, you know, they're saying he could possibly come back week three. I yeah. was going to say, they were saying on the early spectrum of things, they're trying to have him ready for week one. Yeah. You know, him and him and Quentin Nelson. Yep. So, so they had the same three back to back days. Literally. So, which, 
we still don't know what the injury is. Yeah, <laughs> they I just know. said a it's foot injury. Something like, with the it, foot. Yeah it, yeah, it didn't even – they literally have not explained it at all. Like, they literally no. have not been like, you know, it's a Liz Frank or if it's, a, you know, a toe injury or they did literally just foot. It They hurt their foot. Like, yeah. what the fuck in their foot did they hurt? Could we, could we I have find never this out? Seen anything. Dude, this is like hockey shit where it's like For lower real. body. Lower body injury. <laughs> I, I've never yeah, heard like so many fucking things. He had a foot injury. What did he do to his foot? Exactly. I mean, doctor, a doctor could easily say what he did to his foot. Yeah. Why can't you translate that? It's just, it's very weird. Something behind that is very weird. It and the fact that they've had weird. two players have it, yeah. it just makes it even crazier. Yes. So just looking at their, their beginning of this season schedule, Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts, Jets, Jaguars, Bills is a tough game. Uh, Chiefs, yeah, not that tough. Colts, in week eight, I think that'll be tough. And then the Rams. And then the rest of their season is pretty tough. They play the Saints, Texans. Well, that's a great game for them. They're going to smash. Uh, Patriots. Eh, we'll see about the Patriots. We don't know how good the Patriots defense is going to be. I think it'll be improved, but we don't know. Um, you know, then Jaguars again, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins to end of the season. Right? So just like the first, I guess, Seven games, I would say, because I don't, I don't really don't feel the Chiefs' defense, especially because I think that'll probably be a high-scoring game. They'll be, you know, going gangbusters trying to beat the Chiefs. Everybody, everybody's going to be doing that. So I really like the way a season starts, right? So the strength of schedule in the beginning of the season is great. The dude has just been stupid dominant. You know what I mean? Since he's become the quarterback for that team, he's got more weapons. Like if you look at basically his games last year, he really only had two bad games he had a 12.7 against minnesota and he had a 10.8 against indy every other game he basically scored 16 plus fantasy points and he had one two three four five six games over 25 fantasy points right so you know with julio there could be eight nine games over 25 fantasy points and if you're getting that as one of the back end quarterbacks you know what I mean? He's basically a back-end quarterback one. He's going like quarterback 9, 10, 11. I mean, depending on how you rank those guys. I have him quarterback 7, and I'm not scared to take him, you know. I, obviously, you don't have to take him super early because he's going right around that. But as soon as I get to like that ninth quarterback, I'm taking him off the board as fast as I possibly can. As soon as I yeah. see those first eight guys go, I know he's coming off the board soon, and I want to take him. So, you know, I really like Ryan Tannehill. And then, uh, you know, Dak – I just will briefly get into Dak. Dak, I have him at eight. He really makes me nervous, man. Like, so the thing that we have seen from Dak, right? We saw in the beginning of last season, he was crazy dominant. But if you watch that first game, right, against the Rams, a good defense, he only scored like what? seven? I think it was like 17 fantasy points. He didn't really do much in that game. And then the next four games, he played defenses that were just, complete shit and he was in shootouts and they were trying to come back in the fourth quarter and like i said before a lot of his big games were because in the second half he had to go off because the team was getting shitted on right i think micah parsons completely changes the face of this defense i think he's that good like and i if you watch that game the other day yes he was all over he was fucking everywhere like the dude is six foot four like two whatever 40 and runs a four three forty. Like, I don't think people really understand how fast that is for a guy that size to be fucking moving like that. Like, mm. and if you watched when he was in tackles last week, 
you know what I mean, in that Steelers game, he he has no regard for his body. That dude just slams into people, and he's just sideline to sideline. He's he's revved up every play. I think the addition just of him on that defense is going to bring that. I don't. I'm not telling you they're going to be a top twelve defense. What I am telling you is when you have a player that's that good on a team, the team just plays better. The defense just all around plays better because they're playing with a guy that they're like, this dude is is no joke. We've seen it with Aaron Donald. We've seen it with Ray Lewis. We've seen it with the really great defensive players. When they're on the field, J.J. Watt for those couple of years with J.J. Watt was healthy and just killing the league. Like people, to teams play harder when they have a guy like that on their team. So I really think that the Cowboys defense could play much better this year. I think they could be a top 12 to 15 defense. And if that happens, Dak's not going to need to throw 700 times like he was on pace to you know last year I you know and if that happens then Dak is to me below every other guy that I just said he's below Ryan Tannehill and he's below Aaron Rodgers and he's below you know I mean uh Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and everybody else in the the top you know in my top seven Justin Justin Herbert could have a big year Tom Brady could have a huge year you know Matthew Stafford could have a huge year like he's in that range of guys where I'm like okay I'll take him but I'm not like forcefully trying to go get him like everybody else is. All right. So my next tier is I've already gone through 10 quarterbacks. I'm going to throw three out there in my next tier. So number 11, I have Stafford number 12. I have Burrow and number 13. I have Jalen hurts. So the way I'll classify this is I'll say if you, Matthew Stafford, I have ranked highest because I think he's the safest. I think that we've seen Stafford pretty much with a, you know, I don't want to say a bad Detroit Lions team, but he's typically his offensive is, you know, his offenses have carried that those teams statistically. He's always had pretty good receivers with Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate, Calvin Johnson in the past. Um, he's got two very good receivers in Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. He's got Deshaun Jackson out there for a deep threat. He's got Tyler Higby, who we've seen be very good. So he's got weapons. Um, their running back just got hurt in Cam Akers, so they're probably going to throw the ball a little bit more than what they originally wanted to. Um, so I think Stafford's poised to have a very good year in this offense, which is why I have him at 11. However, if I, Burrow and Jalen Hurts to me, I think you can take either one of them before Stafford if you want to take a risk on a guy that could be tremendous. You know what I mean? Like Jalen Hurts could honestly be a top five fantasy quarterback statistically, despite even if his team is not good. We saw last year when he was out there, he had two games where he threw for over 300 yards. He also had games where he was running for 60 and 70 and 80 yards. Like, this dude could honestly be, like, the first quarterback we see if this team is going to be bad, which is very possible with this Philadelphia Eagles team. They're very, you know, very young. You know, their defense, we have yet to see how this is going to, you know, how this is going to work out. You know, they brought in some new pieces and things like that, so hopefully it gets a little bit better. But if it doesn't, if the defense isn't any better and they have to basically rely on what they did last year when Jalen Hurts was out there, Jalen Hurts could be the first quarterback to throw for 4,000 and rush for 1,000. It's, it's, it's in his range of outcomes. And that, could, that would easily make him a top five quarterback, probably make him top three. 
So, you know, Jalen Hurts, at the same time, we've heard shaky things about his camp performance. We've heard good th- – like, it's crazy because, like, Saturday, all the things on my Eagles social media was Jalen Hurts had a terrible day. Offense was horrible. Then today, I get a notification or or we see Jalen Hurts's stats throughout training camp. And it's like 70% completion percentage, nine touchdowns to four interceptions, but the interceptions isn't terrible in training. It's like, it's been a little shaky in training camp. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, if that's the case, could wind up not really living up to to the potential that a lot of fantasy guys draft them at, um, you know, which they're basically going off a three and a half game sample size from last year. So, shoot for the moon candidate but if you want to play it safe i would go with stafford yep so my next tier is four guys and that is tom brady matthew stafford joe burrow and jalen hurts also so i have it basically my 11 12 and 13 are literally exact as yours Uh, i just have brady at 10 um tom brady super safe like i think he's probably the safest quarterback uh of you know Basically, from Ryan Tannehill down to Jalen Hurts, I think Tom Brady, if you just want to go safe and you want a guy that's going to get you 30, 35 touchdowns guaranteed, Tom Brady is that guy. If you just feel like you want a safe quarterback who's going to get you 4,000-plus yards and 30 to 35 touchdowns, I think that's Tom Brady. And, you know, he has the possibility of even more than that because, you know, if you look at the team's strength of schedule, you know what I mean? He Tampa Bay is 19th. They're, like, middle of the pack. And... This is a team with some fucking weapons, boy. Like, everywhere. At every position, they have weapons, especially in the passing game. Like, with Giovanni Bernard, that gives him a, a back out of the backfield that's dynamic. can catch the ball and do a lot of things with it. You know what I mean? It, it, the tight end position is probably, I would say, it's probably the best in the league. You know what I mean? With O.J. Howard, if he's healthy, and Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if you run 12 personnel with that team, you have Gronk, who is just, we know how crazy Gronk is in the red zone. And O.J. Howard, you know, between the 20s is just fucking ridiculous. People it's, don't even realize that O.J. Howard was not like he was hurt last year. Yeah. He didn't play. And he's, he's still there. He's ridiculous. <laughs> he's so, and he was really good with Tom Brady before he got hurt. Like, he had a couple games where you were like, damn, O.J. Howard might have a good season this year. And then he got hurt. And you were like, fuck, man, this guy, I wish he would just stay healthy for a year with a quarterback that can get him the ball. Like, I would love to see a 16-, 17-game stretch of O.J. Howard playing with a capable quarterback and getting targets. Like, I just think he would be so fucking good. And it just never happens. It just never happens. I know. He's always hurt. I don't know. I I think James Winston was capable. O.J. Howard gets hurt, and he wasn't always just – I don't know if it was the system. I don't know what it was, but he just wasn't targeted by by Jameis when he got out there. Exactly. I mean, and Jameis preferred uh, – what was that guy? What's that guy's name? He's on the team now. Um, uh, Cameron Brake. Cameron Brake. You know what I mean? He just preferred Cameron Brake. So, you know, it is what it is. But I think Tom Brady does like O.J. Howard. And, I, you know, O.J. Howard could be a sleeper tight end that, you know, you can get super late and he might do something this year. But, you know, so Tom Brady's super safe. Matthew Stafford is a guy that I want to talk about, like, in this tier. Because Matthew Stafford, like, people poo-poo on Matthew Stafford. And I fucking hate it. Like, it bothers me so bad. Like, his he's never had a defense this good ever in his whole career. Never had a defense this good. Now with Cam Akers getting hurt, 
he's just going to throw the ball a hell of a lot more. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind this dude's going to throw the shit out of the ball, right? If you look at what I mean, well, Jared Goff did last year. Like, Jared Goff in – okay, so basically every game but one, two, three, four games, he threw in the low 30s, between 25 and 34 passes per game. I could easily see Matthew Stafford being in that 35 pass per game range average, right? He had a 61 pass game. Uh, Goff had a 61 pass game against Miami. Yeah, he had a 51 pass a game against Tampa Bay. He had a seven, uh, 47 pass game against Arizona. And then the last game of the season, he threw 43 passes and he had, you know, 55% completions percentage, right? Like Matthew Stafford last year on a terrible Lions team, right? Like we all know how bad that Lions team was, right? Still, basically average like he was in the high 60s of completion percentage you know i mean 67 68 something like that but there was games where so okay so in the tampa bay game he only threw three passes he you know basically got hurt and was out of that game but minnesota he in the last game of the season he threw 31 but he had a lot of games where he was just consistently throwing 33 34 uh 42 33 like he threw 33 times like four games last year I mean, he had a couple of 34 pass games. It would not surprise me if he was at 35 to 38 passes a game in this offense with a much better crew around him, a much better defense. Like, he could be awesome. He could be really, really good. And I think people are just poo-pooing him because, you know, he's, you know, Matthew Stafford. They they love, they love the uh, beat up on Matthew Stafford. But I think he could have a really good season. Joe Burrow, to me, I already told you guys, you guys heard the podcast when we talked about the Bengals, I think – you know, Joe Burrow's poised to have a huge season. If, if he is fully healthy and he's looking like he did last year, he could have a huge jump. And then Jalen Hurts is the one guy like – Jalen Hurts could break the season, like, for a lot of teams. Uh, let's be honest. If there is no trade, right, and he plays for the Eagles, or if there is a trade and he goes to the Houston Texans, I see it either way. I don't care if he's playing for the Eagles or he's playing for the Texans because I don't think the Eagles are very good. And I also don't think the, the, the Texans are very good. So I think both of these teams have defenses that teams are going to score on, right? So regardless of what happens, this dude's going to have to make plays to be in games no matter what team he's on, right? And those are the two assumed teams, right? Tampa, uh, he's either going to be an Eagle or he's going to be a Houston Texan because the Eagles aren't going to trade for anybody else, right? And with either one of those teams – this dude could break fantasy football because he's getting drafted. He's like he's his ADP is going down, not up. You know what I mean? His ADP is going down, so he's going around quarterback 10, 11, 12 now. Where in the beginning of the season, like beginning of you know our fantasy season, I know a lot of you guys start listening in August, but you know we started in fucking May. May. <laughs> we started in May. <laughs> I mean, so we've been talking about this dude for a long time. But Jalen Hurts could literally break fantasy football if he has. It, I could easily see him getting to a thousand yards if if the Eagles are bad. If the Eagles are bad and he needs to just produce, he could easily run for a thousand yards. We saw it last year; he was on pace for a thousand yards with what he did last year, plain and simple, right? So he could run for a thousand yards. The dude had two three hundred yard games. We never saw mm -hmm. Josh Allen do that in his first couple of years, and this dude only played four games last year. And two of those four games, he had three hundred yards passing. So 
If and he, one of those games, he only played three quarters exactly. because he got taken out in the fourth quarter. <laughs> exactly. So in four, three and a half games or three and a quarter games, you know, unless, uh, it wasn't even three and a quarter. It was like three and a three half. And three quarters. Yeah, exactly. Three and three quarters. Three they took three. They, What's the name? Sudfield played the fourth quarter. Yeah. So let's say, let's say this dude runs for a thousand and then throws for 3,800, which I think would, could be easy as shit. Because I, I think he's a 4,000-yard passer this year with you know just the way I think the Eagles are going to have to score and going to have to throw the ball. If he is a 4,000-yard passer and a 1,000-yard rusher, he is going to break fantasy football. Like He is going to be a top-three fantasy quarterback that you're getting in round God knows what I mean, because like he's dropping. Right now. Yeah, he's dropping. So if you get him in round 10 and he does have that potential and he lives up to that potential, he's going to win you your fantasy championship. Like that's just it sucks to say it, but that's gonna it's gonna happen. He may not score a million touchdowns. He might be in the twenty five total touchdown range, but with that rushing at you know, that rushing average and the passing, you know yardage that he's gonna throw for. If he throws for twenty five touchdowns, he's he's gonna be a top five guy. And people are just poo pooing the guy because the everybody says the Eagles are bad, but I think that doesn't well, hurt him. I think it helps him. Yeah, I think they're poo-pooing him because nothing's really come out about how good he's looked or anything like that. He's starting, you know, the other quarterbacks you started. I mean, first off, Devontae Smith going down definitely hurt hurt him. Oh, yeah. That, that right there hurt him, you know what I mean? So losing his number one receiver is probably going to hurt him. But, yeah, like, I, like we both said, you know, he's kind of the home run. Uh, he also could – you know, go the other way and completely bust if yep. he's, and then you know, they bench him. That's the, that's the, that's the caveat, which is why I have him at 13. I don't think he's getting benched. I don't think Eagles fans are really looking forward to seeing Joe Flacco on the field. Hell at all. No. So like, I'm, I'm, I do think they'll play this season out regardless of how good he looks. And guess what? If he's bad, they have three first round picks last year, next year. And one yeah. of them will be very high if he's bad. So they definitely will be getting a quarterback in the draft, if not trading for Deshaun Watson, if he's available still. So I don't want him to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Please don't let him trade for Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah. if that happens. I don't. I'm serious. I don't want a thirty, forty-year-old quarterback yeah. at the end of his prime that I'm going to have to spend that much on. But I hear that. All right. So uh, we'll move into the sleeper category at quarterback. So one guy that has been coming around. And at the beginning, I was not. And the more I just thought about it, something just is telling me it's not even evidence. It's not even film. It's nothing that I can use to prove it. It's just a gut feeling. I think Tua could turn around and have a very good year. Having those receivers that can go down the field more to his skill set. Hold on. Having a running back. Real real quick, Kev. Uh, I just got to add this in because this just popped up on my news feed on Twitter. So John McClain, everybody knows John McClain. He is a he's a long time beat writer for the Houston Texans. Like he basically Houston Oilers time. Like he's been there that long. He is one of the most well respected of all the beat writers in the NFL. Everybody knows John McClain. So mm-hmm. he just te- he just tweeted, and I'll read it verbatim. That way I don't mess it up. He said. Watson will never play a down for the Houston Texans again. So there it is. He is never going to play for them again. We don't even have to worry about him starting for the Houston Texans. He is either going to get traded or he's going to be benched. He's not going to play this year for the Houston Texans. 
there, there. You've heard it. <laughs> so, yeah, going back to what I was saying, Tua, um, you know, something just tells me, like, with these players that they've brought in, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, you know, having Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, who is kind of the forgotten guy now, he's still there. Both of those guys still there. Miles um, Gaskin can catch the ball out of the backfield. Gasecki is a good receiving tight end, not really a blocking tight end. Um, I just think that the more I think about it, Tua could be poised to have a very good year if they design this offense more to what he's good at. And it's just I'm starting to come around on, on him a little bit. I have him ranked now. I moved him up to number 15. That's how hot, that's how I'm starting to feel about him. Like I would take a shot on two in these later rounds, um, and then back him up with another guy that I had recently talked about in Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Ben is basically not being drafted. So you can draft two whenever you want, and Ben is your la- as your last pick. And I feel safe in saying that Ben is going to be better than he was last year. I think last year, coming off the the elbow. They kind of didn't really stretch him very much because they knew he couldn't get the ball down the field. I think he'll be ready, more ready to go this year, come in the second year off of that surgery. Um, you know, we saw how good Claypool was the other day. We know Juju and Deontay Johnson are going to be very consistent options. We know that Najee Harris is going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think, you know, if you roll with a tandem of Ben and Tua, you're you're in a pretty good position personally because I do think I think Tua could break out and have a very good year. And if not, I think Ben is safe enough that he'll finish in the thirteen or fourteen range and won't kill you at quarterback. Yep. I agree. I, I you know we talked about it the other day when me and Kev were, you know, talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I like I don't see the drop-off that everybody else sees from Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben Roethlisberger, you know, I don't think he's going to be fantastic, but I think he'll be safe. I mean, like, he's going to be in that top, you know, 16 range of quarterback per week just because and, of, you know, he's going to have to be. Like, <laughs> I was say, like we, like we said, too, when we talked about Ben, my man had six 300-yard games yeah, last yeah. year. Like, nobody else – like. Yeah, Tom Brady, I think, had six, but we went through some of the players and these guys weren't putting up 300 games as consistent as what Ben was. Yep. So, you it know, just, it, just the way they're running the offense this year, it just yep. it, it's going to be it's going to be so much different than what we've seen from Pittsburgh from the past. Pittsburgh has been for the past couple of years, you know, shotgun, a shotgun team. They're in shotgun all because they could game. not run the yep. football. Exactly. They, James Conner was not, he had one good fantasy year and everybody thought he was a good player, but James Conner was not a very good football player. Nope. And, you know, you had Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland and, you know, uh, who else was there? There was another guy there two years ago running the football at times, too. But like, they just haven't had a reliable running game since Le'Veon Bell's last year when he was good. So, you know, I think getting Najee Harris back there now actually helps Ben Roethlisberger. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's go into my guys because I have a couple. But I, I want to caveat this by saying – it is like of all the years that we've had fantasy football, right? I think last year, right? Everybody wants to talk about how the quarterback scoring was like just crazy. It was the highest quarterback scoring. Well, it, yeah, it was a, it was a 
It was a record passing season yes, last it was year. Record passing season. And nobody's been talking about this, but this is something that I've been thinking about and I've been looking into into. So last year there was no fans in the stands, right? And I think a lot of people don't realize that's basically practice. Like we see so many quarterbacks that just don't miss in practice. Like how many times have you listened or read a practice report? Most of you probably have not ever read a practice report. I I have read many of practice reports. And if you read practice reports, basically what a practice report is, is basically a breakdown of what, you know, what they did, how many passes were thrown, how many run plays, how, you know, basically just a gist of what happened in practice that day, what they were doing. It doesn't tell you the plays, but it basically tells you, you know, what guys are getting targeted and what the quarterback's completion percentage was in that practice. And that's basically what the season was last year because there was no fans in the stands. There was no crowd. I mean, they had crowd noise, but it was basically played with through speakers and you can't simulate crowd noise. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You can make a a stadium loud, but the fans cheering and stomping and beating, you know, beating the floor. You literally, if you ever go into an NFL game and it's getting rowdy in there, you literally can feel the floor shaking because fans are jumping and doing everything in the stands. And it's just, it's a completely different atmosphere that you can't duplicate in practice. Right. And that's basically what they were doing. They were duplicating. They were not, you know, they were practicing basically all year long. So the numbers were huge because quarterbacks are completing passes during practice. Like mm-hmm. that's what they do. So I think the scoring quarterback scoring could go down. I wouldn't say drastically, but definitely take a, a big hit from last year. So with that said, there's a couple of guys that I think could have really big seasons. And it's for my first guy is Trevor Lawrence, right? I already said, you know, and I'm, 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 spoiler alert, he is going to be one of my guys that I make a bold prediction on because we do bold predictions every year. We're probably going to do it in the next two or three weeks when we're going to make some bold predictions. And I'm going to have Trevor Lawrence, you know, as a very high finisher in fantasy football this year. Um, just because his strength of schedule this year, he has the fifth best passing schedule this year, right? Like, this team, and I, and I told you guys this before, this is going to be a team that a lot of people are going to be surprised with how they turn their season around. Because I don't think they're going to be the best. Obviously, they're not going to be the best team in that division. But I think they could be one of the better teams in that division. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat out the Colts this year and were the second best team in that division. That would not surprise me at all. If you look at their schedule, right, they play the Texans week one. The Broncos are a good defense, but the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Titans, the Titans are terrible. Like, they're a bad defense this year. The Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Bills, the Colts, the 49ers, the Falcons, the Rams, the Titans again. And then they finish the season off Texans, Jets, Patriots. Like, I love this passing schedule. They are going to have a lot of balls thrown. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. So it would not surprise me if Trevor Lawrence was in the top five of, of pass attempts this year, right? So I, I love his upside with that many pass attempts. And I do think this team has really good weapons. So it would not surprise me if Trevor Lawrence finishes super high. The other guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, I love me some Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, boy. Like, I'm stupid high on Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is, I have him as my number 15 quarterback this year. And it would not surprise me if he finished in the top 12. Wouldn't surprise me even a little bit. They have the 10th best schedule, you know what I mean, when it comes to the pass. And 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you've read anything about what's going on in, in Washington, he is building a rapport with Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has come out and said, I, you know, I love playing with this guy. He makes it fun. He, you know, he, he will put the ball in situations where we were not getting the ball thrown in situations last year. You know what I mean? Like, you remember who they had last year. I mean, we're talking about two totally different <laughs> type of quarterbacks here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, this Washington football team's quarterback situation is just – it's it's a complete 180 from what they had last year. So just with that fact, I, I think they could be crazy good. And they get the Chargers, the Giants, the Bills, the Falcons, the Saints, the Chiefs, and then Packers, Broncos. That And then that's basically – you know, their toughest game is the Buccaneers. Then after that, the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Eagles. Like, I love the rest of that season schedule. Like, that back end of the season schedule is crazy. Like, they don't play a tough defense after they play basically the Chiefs. They are the Buccaneers. They play the Buccaneers. I'm read it again. After the Buccaneers, they play in Week 10. Week 11 is the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Eagles. Like, that's a good schedule. That could be somebody to pick up for the fantasy playoffs for if you're real. looking for a home uh, quarterback down the stretch. For um, my only thing, thing that could possibly hold Fitzpatrick back is I think that this team wants to run the ball heavily, mm-hmm. and this defense is still extremely good. Stupid. So, you know, they're not going to be – they're not going to be in games, I don't think, where they're going to have to play a lot of catch-up ball, which has been Ryan Fitzpatrick's specialty in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to run the ball a lot with Gibson. But it would not be that crazy if, to me if Ryan Fitzpatrick finished as a QB1. Yep, I agree. All right, so we'll. Di- I want to dig in really late. So one guy I could see... Uh, I don't say, I don't say could see because I don't I don't want to go too far, but I am interested to see Sam Darnold with these weapons, new system, new basically a new NFL life mm-hmm. that Sam Darnold has because the Adam Gase Jets, you're not like anybody like look at Ryan Tannehill, just look at Ryan Tannehill. This dude was a completely different football player away from that madness of a coach. Like anybody who knows, like just, he's not a good football coach. And for some reason he got a second attempt. And unfortunately for Sam Darnold, he was thrown into the mix with Adam Gase as his coach. I would love to see if this guy can turn his career around with this team. I think Matt Rule is is a great coach. I think he has the best playmaker in football behind him, and he has insane wide receivers. And then you know a couple insane wide receivers. And if Terrence Marshall winds up being as good as what we've heard, like this guy could have three very viable receiving options to throw to, plus have McCaffrey out of the backfield. Um, I just think Sam Darnold set up to have to, you know, rejuvenate his career. And I'm just interested to see Sam Darnold. I mean, I have him ranked at 23, so I'm not really drafting him and accepting two quarterback leagues or anything like that. I'm just bringing him up as a guy that I want to uh, see, you know, possibly turn his career around. Maybe he gets into the top 15, and maybe he gets a long-term contract and 
could possibly be somebody next year that we're looking at drafting in the you know ninth or tenth round as a as a back end QB one. Yep, I agree. I like I like Sam Darnold. You know, he showed in college that he was a good player. He, he's always been a little bit turnover prone, but I think they can definitely fix that, especially with Christian McCaffrey. I think that changes. I think that just changes the world for for Sam Darnold because. He doesn't have to continue to look downfield and just take no. pressure, you know what I mean, all the time because he can just dump it off. Like Exactly. That... Do you know how much like do you know there's a reason Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady are just healthy all healthy so much. And I know, you know, I'm saying Ben, but you know, like dude, if their options aren't there, throw it to your running back. Like Ben was always healthy with Le'Veon Bell because he would easily just check it down. Tom Brady don't get hurt because when there's nothing open downfield, James White was always there. Even last year he started using his, you know, his running backs more. This year he's got Giovanni Bernard. Like, yep. you know, I if Sam Darnold learns that and realizes he doesn't have to make the big play every time, pass it to this dude who is like ridiculous out of the backfield let him work move on to the next play sam darnold's gonna be good man yep i agree i think you know it changes his whole fantasy outlook being on this team all right so my last guy that i want to throw out there and i'm gonna throw a 50 yard bomb on this one i really like trey lance like i knew you were going to talk about trey lance i knew I, you were going to bring up trey I, lance. I really like trey lance i like okay so Jimmy G is the starter. We all know this, right? I don't think it's a situation where Jimmy G has to be bad for Trey Lance to become the starter. I think if Jimmy G is not moving the offense, if the, even if they're winning games, if they're not if he if he's not moving the offense the way that Kyle Shanahan wants that offense to run and he feels like he can get a more dynamic offense with Trey Lance behind center, I think it's end up it's just going to end up being a switch because we saw Jimmy G get benched last year. Like we saw it, it, it happened and they blamed it on an injury. And there's been so many times in the NFL that that has happened where a quarterback, you know, he's playing bad and they say, Oh, we're benching him because of an injury. Like, come on, dude, he was playing terrible. You benched him because he was awful. He was awful. So, I don't think it's a situation where Trey Lance needs to or, or Jimmy G needs to be, you know, I, he has to be fantastic to keep his job is basically the way I feel. He has to be like yep. really good. Right. So two things that I really like about Trey Lance. Right. He is basically RG three with a better arm. And I feel like a better running ability. He is better in the open field. <laughs> than RG3 was, right? And we saw what RGD3 did in his rookie year before getting injured in that Kyle Shanahan system, right? So Trey Lance could be that. And he has the third best schedule of all quarterbacks this year, strength of schedule. He plays, okay, they start the season off, the Lions, the Eagles, the Packers, the Seahawks, Cardinals, then they have a bye week, Colts, Bears, Cardinals, Rams, tough, right? There's a tough stretch yeah. right there. I was going to say, like, the beginning, I don't even think you can credit the beginning of the schedule to him, though. Yeah. Because I don't think he will be there at least, probably three, four games in. I don't think he will be the starter. Okay, so let's say he takes over after week four. If they're going to put him in, I don't think they t put him in, you know, I, I think they probably put him in after, like, week two or three. 
right? So let's say week four, just to, you know, for shits and giggles. Seahawks, Cardinals, Colts, Bears, Cardinals, Rams. So really, to me, the only tough stretch there is that. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what the Colts are going to be. But the Bears, are we know, are good defense. Cardinals, Bears, Rams, Colts are tough. Yeah, yeah Cardinals yeah. have their days. Exactly. So after that, right, Jaguars, Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans. Oh, yeah, that's juicy. <laughs> like, that is a hell of a stretch, boy. Ja- I'll read it again. Jaguars, Vikings, Seahawks. Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans. I love that schedule, boy. That schedule yeah. is a fuck you schedule. That is a, if you've ever seen a fuck you schedule, that's a fuck you schedule. That's one of those schedules you're like, holy shit, if I have this guy on my team, he might blow the fuck up. He might be the best quarterback in fantasy football. It could possibly happen. I don't, I don't think so. I'm not saying he's definitely, he's going to be. But what I'm going to say is, that's a hell of a schedule. That is a beautiful end-of-season schedule. There is not a tough game, literally not one tough game after that Rams game. Like, he is set for glory after that, and he don't play the Rams again until Week 18, and we don't give a shit about Week 18 because we're not yeah. playing in Week 18. So, so, hey, that is a hell of a schedule, and I think this kid is – I don't think they took him three, third overall because it was a you know it's a fluke. I think they think he's very good. And I think he's going to get an opportunity. And with that schedule, I love that kid. So that's my last quarterback that I'm going to talk about. All right, guys, there you have it. A lot of information packed into this podcast, a little longer than we typically go. But like I said, a lot of information to draw from. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to we're back to four days a week now. Um so, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll do uh, tight ends and maybe get into defense a little bit, some surprise defenses that we like um, tomorrow. I think we can do that. Um, also, check out our YouTube channel. We've been starting to post some clips from the podcast, um, you know, different things like that. So if you don't have time to listen to the podcast, or well, you know, there's definitely some tidbits on there that you can, you know, capture and, and you know, listen to and uh you know, kind of get a little bit of information from from us. So check out the the YouTube channel. It's Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football. Yep. Um, and you know, like I said, you know, subscribe, like like the videos, subscribe. You know, help the channel out. And you know, like I said, you'll draw you draw a lot of information. Basically, it's clip from the podcast. We're gonna start doing some other stuff on there as the season progresses. But right now, it's just the clips from the podcast. So, um, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. So until then, peace out, guys. Peace.